Welcome to Netball Nation. Now, Sue, welcome to the show. What time is it in Melbourne right now? Uh, just coming on about quarter past ten in the evening, girls. Oh, just when, oh, just when you get going, Gordy, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, you, Sorry, you and they, Sarah. the old days. <laughs> you and Sarah have met. You know each other, don't you? Oh, absolutely, yes. How, 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 how do you know each other? Where did we meet, Sarah? I don't know. I don't, I don't even no, know. I feel like there's a story here. No, there's not a story. Uh, be very cloak uh, and dagger. Yeah. <laughs> no, hold on a second, mate. Surely you emailed me and I helped sort your contract yes this is true this is true man and Gordy's paths had crossed a few times in netball and then um when pulse came calling for me to go to new zealand sue sorted my contract for me nice so you owe her well well, i paid her in i paid her in beers (laughs) (laughs) yeah because the usual currency (laughs) yeah well before we started recording when you guys said you knew each other it was because of beers in barley that's what i was getting at i like it right just before we crack on I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, okay? I'm going to tell our listeners a bit more about your massive netball and achievements, and we'll start by playing them a bit of famous commentary from last year's Commonwealth Games final. Oh, no! And it's an obstruction call. It'll be a penalty shot. Helen Howes need the gold medal. It's England's! Oh, Sue, that was brilliant. (laughs) Doesn't that bring back fond memories, Sue? What a bloody anti-climax that was. (laughs) (laughs) Now, not only are you known for your witty and entertaining netball commentary, Sue, you're also a respected and successful high-performance coach, mentor and champion of the hashtag Wake Up Netball movement. Uh, Are you all right to just tell our listeners a bit more about that side of things? Yeah, oh, look, which the wake-up netball, that, that's the bane of my existence, to be blatantly <laughs> honest with you. That was uh, just coming up on a, a year now. That was uh, the week leading into the Suncorp Super Netball Season 2 last year and um, Netball Australia had just launched the league and had spoken about this, you know, unbelievable number of, of members that played the game throughout our country here in Australia and how fantastic it was. And then the very next day I go to a meeting with, with my broadcaster, Channel 9, who we commentate with, you know, and they stand up and say, well, we, we've got to increase broadcast numbers. And I'm sitting there thinking we've got this exorbitant number of people that love the game and turn up every Saturday at their local netball association to play. And yet they're not tuning in to support their elite sport and so that's sort of the background to where the old hashtag wake up netball came and um yeah it it, it really sort of hit the ground running um a little bit faster than i could keep up with last year girls to be honest it was it was huge (laughs) well i was going to say what happened off the back of that then well i I guess the do you know the funny thing was the groundswell was that the, the, the general public took over themselves. I mean, they just sort of started coming up with just a massive number of ideas about how they could help and invest and get people wanting, to, you know, wanting to watch the sport. And really, that's what it was about. I think I think my message was, uh, if you love the game, then understand you have to support it. We, we, we as women's sport, and you guys have got similar predicaments, I know, over there. Uh, you know, with with having to compete against the the very financial male sports that get the TV rights at the bloody blink of an eye, and and over here in Australia it's very similar. And I just thought, you know, if females can understand the importance of you know actually supporting their own elite sport, then we, we're in with half a battle. And I think that's really just what happened, girls. I think I think people just saw the importance of it. I think they were educated and understood what role they could play, and they just stepped up to the plate. Well, what a thing for you to have started. Like, it, it was awesome over there, but do, do you think, Gordy, like being women's sport, do you think we've just kind of accepted it 
a little bit too easily, you know. Our hand. I, uh, I saw that that article by Brian Aikel for Players Voice, who's um, the New South Wales Swifts coach, basically saying, you know, like AFL, women's AFL, and all these other sports, cricket and rugby and football here that are, are coming now and, and claiming to be this like massive revolution. We like we were here first. We've been doing this for years <laughs> as netball, and actually we we kind of need to blow our own trumpet a little bit more. And, and do you think we've kind of taken it lying down a little bit over the past? Oh, a hundred percent, mate. But you know, I think there's two parts to it. I think women's sport has been screaming for a long time and no one just wanted to listen. But the problem was, uh, and netball, you know, in, in our Commonwealth countries has had its big numbers and has screamed pretty loudly. And a lot people might not like this when I say this, but because we haven't had the male counterpart of our sport that's associated with our international federation, no one was interested. No one wanted to listen. Then all of a sudden, and particularly here in Australia, when our AFL, which is our, you know, our Australian football league over here, which is just the be all and end all of sport, and the women's league started up. Because Big Brother was already so big, it just put its hand up and said, oh, look how good women's sport is. And everyone jumped on the bandwagon. And so poor Nepal, that's been doing its best for so long and screaming from the rafters for so long, no one wanted to listen. But now all of a sudden everyone's interested because there are other women's sports at stake. So that's the second part. Bryony Akel, the New South Wales Swiss coach, comes out and says, you know, well, hold on a second. We've been here for a long time. We run the world's best netball competition. We've got the best athletes in the world playing at our doorstep. And we are miles above any other women's sport here in the country. Why don't we stand up and scream it ourselves and say, you know, we are the best and this is where we should be and we deserve the spotlight. And I think that's what netball's got to do and it's got to do really quickly in this country and I imagine probably around the world. Yeah, for sure. And do you think that is going to happen? Do you think that ball is going to do that, Sue? I think it's naturally happening. Uh, do you know what? This, and here's the irony. You know, the Commonwealth Games did Nepal a huge favour, as much as an Aussie, you know, commentator and Ev- fan. Everyone, <laughs> everyone wanted England to win, really, didn't they? The whole yeah, world. Yeah, well, every, every, the whole world did because it changed the face of world sport for Nepal. And, you know, we've said for so long, so long, that a two-horse race as it had been with Australia and New Zealand, as great as it was for the trans-Tasman rival, it was as boring as bat for everybody else. So, you know, that was the thing, that we needed more being up there and being competitive, and we have the greatest reality on our doorstep, and that is that 2019 Liverpool is about to showcase the greatest world netball championships that's ever existed. So how exciting is that? Oh, it really is. Are you coming over, Sue? No, no one wants me, so I'm just going to sit at home and cry and twiddle my thumb. <laughs> so can I ask you a quick question about accessibility in relation to media? Mm. I mean, how accessible is it for the, the just the 10, 9, you know, young girl sat at home wanting to watch this? Because I know we've had numerous discussions here about the accessibility media-wise to all these great games. Mm. And And you know what? It is the key, isn't it? If you have it, they come. And if you don't, you have to fight so hard for it. And I think we haven't had it to the extent that we would like it. And I think we've Netball over here has done a reasonable job in accessing its media to the degree that it has. But it's certainly nowhere near uh, the capacity that some of the male uh, sports that we share the limelight with get and have, have access to. Um, but it is increasing, which is great. And I'm not going to stand up and scream, poor us. We have to get a lot better, a lot better at telling our stories, uh, at not being such a innocent sport. You know, um, I'm not saying that, that our players have to be out you know, on all night bloody brawls and no, don't say that, Gordy. Do not say that. (laughs) 
Well, those of us that did it, Sarah, we've all retired. <laughs> I'll, pa- I'll pass that message on to Stace. <laughs> Get out of it more. <laughs> but, but, you know, the reality of the situation is, is that, you know, netball can be tarred with the real innocent brush too much and the media can't stand that so i just think we've got to get better at at telling stories at being honest about our sport at at not hiding from the media at embracing the media and and i mean i'm a massive advocate uh for it over here in australia because i i sit you know on both sides of the fence and the world of commentary and also as a coach i have a really good understanding about what both want and what both need so uh, i'm just really hoping that netball embraces right now its opportunity and doesn't shy away from telling its story it's it's absolutely critical well that's one of the reasons that we do the netball nation podcast as well is because we want to shout about it and hopefully that fierce attitude that you talk about hopefully that does move forward and it moves the sport forward and pushes it into the media a little bit more so yeah well i was just going to say you know I mean, it's, it's great you guys are doing this. And you, you must get a sense across the world. Like there are podcasts, and I'm not saying there are a dime a dozen, but people are now starting to do this. And, and you know, you guys just grabbing hold and doing something like this to expand, I guess, you know, the message of, of netball out there is huge. And you can see the groundswell starting to happen. But I just hope that we don't go too slowly because if we do, we'll miss the boat. And that's the only thing I worry about at the moment. Yeah, you're right. It needs to keep building momentum um, rather Correct. than just plateauing. Uh, you mentioned your commentary as well, so you're also part of Nine's netball commentary team. You're going to be covering the third season of the Suncorp Super Netball Fixtures and the Netball World Cup as well. How excited are you about the launch of the new season? Yeah, huge. There's, I tell you what, it is insane over here at the moment. So that is good news. Uh, it mm. always gets... Uh, a really big media interest course in this in this week leading up. And, I mean, you can't scroll through your socials at the moment without sort of being smacked in the face about, you know, Suncorp Super Netball Season 3. I think the, the, the big excitement behind it is uh, probably probably beyond Serena Guthrie, we've got the world's best players playing in this competition. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really – no, but, but I, and I say that quite honestly. I, yeah. I, I mean, we – we really have – we are so fortunate that we've got so many players over here making this competition so damn exciting. Uh, and Guthrie leaving, certainly she was one of the greatest excitement machines uh, in the league. So um, it is – it's great. But I think everyone that you speak to at the moment, both players, coaches, media uh, and fans are all saying it looks like on paper the closest competition we'll ever see. It is quite extraordinary. I've been asked a dozen times over girls who my top four is and it changes like my underwear. So, um, well, well yeah, if we asked you now, if, who impossible. would you say? If you, if you, are you just saying a different one each time so you get it right at yeah. some point? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Well, then someone's going to have to find the recording of when I actually got it right. But um, look, you, you'd have to say the Magpies up there with Jeeva Mentor uh, co-captaining that move, probably the most significant off-season move. Uh, so I'd say they'll be up there, although they promised for two seasons and been nothing poor, nothing short of atrocious. So Ooh. we hope that they're decent. Well, she says it as um, it <laughs> um, So I think the Magpies will be up there. And I think also the other Melbourne side, the Vixens, uh, led by their coach, Simone McInnes. And Sherelle McMahon joins them as the assistant coaches here. And they're just, they're just a tight, well-skilled, well-drilled side. And uh, I think they'll be there at the right end of the season. I'll back in my club, the West Coast Fever. Uh, I think that uh, they still have unfinished business. It's that fourth place I'm struggling to put in. I can't decide between <laughs> all the other clubs. Are you... <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea. I've, I've seen, like, I really don't know. Giants have been quite hotly tipped by a lot of people, and you, mm. they're not even in your four at the minute. So, <laughs> like, 
You know why, though? I'll just quickly say they've got the hottest front end in the competition in terms of experience. Greens are heart and to Bassett. My goodness, mm. get that. That's one mouthful of excitement. It's the back end I worry about. Mm. So they've lost Rebecca Bully over 200 games, I think, under a belt at a national league level. Uh, Sam Pullman and Christiana Manu are the two defenders that will be asked to hold that back line together. I'm just not sure at the right end of the season whether they'll come through with the have, goods. Have they got enough height there, do you reckon? Oh, Pullman, yes. And, and she's had a reasonable job, job on some of the big girls. But whether she's good enough to step up and lead the pack defensively, that's probably my greatest concern. But, you know, once again, I've got no idea and happy to be proven wrong. Well, we've got that recorded. So if you get that... <laughs> Yeah. Right, we've got it here soon. Does she have to put money in the tin as well? Yeah, right, we have a kitty here yeah. at Netball Nation. We do predictions, and actually I'm going to put you on the spot in a minute and get some from you, Sue. Uh, but first off, I just want to know, what do you make of the season being split in half because of the World Cup? Do you think that's going to put certain teams at a disadvantage? Uh, yeah, it's, you know, that's the hottest question burning uh, over here at the moment, girls. Um, look... It's hard to know, isn't it? Um, what you look, what you can't tell is what. How does an athlete return after a tournament? Some are great, some are terrible. If someone's had a blinding tournament, they come back, they're so excited that could continue. If someone's had a poor tournament, they might come back and get fire in their belly. You just don't know. Uh, what we do know, though, is that certain sides, one one in particular being the Melbourne Vixens, will probably have the highest impact of players away during that period. But for those that aren't, the other thing is, what do you do in that five weeks off? So, you know, plenty of clubs have got different and have spoken about different structures and systems that they want to put in place. Match play will be critical because you'll hit a nine-week momentum and then you're expected to stop and then hit another five-week run. So all I can say at the moment, and I said it on radio this morning here, is that I think it's critical that you're in a good position come round nine before the break. I don't think you'd want to go into the back part of Suncorp Super Netball playing catch-up because you just don't know what to expect. Uh, I think you, you need to get yourself in a pretty red-hot position before the break. Yeah, we, we saw that last year. Obviously, our, our season broke for Com Games. Um and I mean, it was probably fortunate that England won it because people came back in a good mm. mood and <laughs> and mm. high spirits. But I think it'll be different there because you've got so many different nationalities returning to that league as well. You've, you're going to have someone's going to have had a, have won it, and some people are going to have had an absolute stinker and, and be really upset about it. So it's going to be a difficult one for teams that have got like you guys with with Jamaicans in there and Australians and everything Correct. else. It's it's going to so be do tricky. You think, do you think it might benefit some teams and not others? Possibly. I sorry, it'd have to, surely. Like it, but you just don't know who that's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, you can't predict yeah. who it's gonna be. And and you'd think it'd even out. I mean, I guess I guess some of the teams like Sunshine Coast is a bit like United Nations, isn't it, this year? So um, mm. they're going to have someone from pretty much every nation in there, but you'd expect it to level out to a degree. Like if, if Vixens mm. have got so many Aussie girls going and Aussie win it, then they'd probably think, yeah, that's, that's good. They're on a high. Yeah, sort of but thing. Yeah. if well, they don't... You know, the yeah, other, you know the other thing, though, to consider? What about a player? So this is Sunshine Coast Lightning, Peace Proscovia comes in, you guys obviously well aware of her and she's been over there playing for the last couple of years. She goes back to play for Uganda, yeah. right? No one has any management or control over how they manage her in that environment through yeah. that period of time. Yeah. Now, that girl's likely to be on the court 24-7. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I guess... I'm, That's I'm, tough. I'm not blaming the Commonwealth Games at all, but we saw Beth Cobden blow a knee out in the, in the grand final here mm. last year after a, a heavy, heavy schedule. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Mm. We'll, we'll be covering it all Very on the whole nation as well. Uh, so we might even get back in touch with you, Sue, and have a chat about that around the time. Yes, please, um, do. please who, do. Who are you excited to see at the World Cup? Who are you excited to have a look at? 
Oh, I'm excited to see what England do. I'm excited to see what Australia do. But most, to be honest with you, I'm I'm keeping my eye on the Jamaicans. Yeah, <laughs> oh, aren't we all? Yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just um, look. The the, the big <laughs> he's ironic. The mm. big thing about the Jamaicans because they're all the they're all big. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, the thing about the Jamaicans is they got a lot of unbelievable talent, like Shimona Nelson, Janelle Fowler, Ramelda Aiken, but they can't all be on the court at the one time. So whilst you look at their list and the names are quite, you know, they've got great notoriety about them, can they run a seven that's formidable? That's probably their biggest question mark. Um, the, the beauty would be is that if, if Fowler's not on Aiken, can Abel, you know, replace or we, we see Shimona Nelson, who I think is just going to be, you know, daylight to to some in, in the next few years, you know, what she can do. And, of course, Katie Ann Dehaney, who's sitting over here, and, and of course, Shamira Sterling, how do they go? And then I guess you've got to come down to the Jamaican midcourt, who none of them are out here playing. So I, I just think there's not a lot that we know about them. They'll get better as the tournament goes on, which is very atypical, I think, of the Jamaicans in the past. Um, but they are confident. I spend day in, day out, day out with Janelle Fowler. I continue to walk past her at training and say, you're looking good for the Worlds, and you should see the look she gives me. It's just it's <laughs> is, gold, is, mate. Is so, Janelle ever not confident about no, anything? I have, never, <laughs> I have never met anyone. And do you know what? There is not an ounce of arrogance in it. No. Like, that's what I love about Fowler. There is no arrogance. It's just an undenying belief in her ability. That's 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 what's gold. So, um, yeah, I rate her and I said only the other day, the fact that I've gone back into the coaching world, which was a really big decision a couple of years ago, uh, I am going to be a better coach when I leave at the end of the day for having the experience of coaching Janelle Fowler. I can tell you right now, she is just a champ. Amazing. Well, Sue, we're going to put you on the spot now, all right? Mm-hmm. As Maggie mentioned earlier, we have a kitty, and uh, each week they do predictions, right? And whoever right. gets it wrong has to put a fiver in the kitty. I feel like you right. might possibly get out of this because you're quite far away. But uh, put you on the spot. <laughs> Who do you think is going to be in the gold medal match? Uh, England, Australia. What do you say about that, ladies? You see, I still think that Jamaica at that dark horse that people are just maybe putting outside for as much as we talk about the fact that they're all over the country sorry all over the world they don't get that much time uh, time to to train together but they're an orthodox style and the athleticism when they actually get on the call it fools teams and i think Mm. they're in with a chance i do well, I've said England, Jamaica, but that's just yeah. wishful thinking that the Aussies don't make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we shall see. And like I say, Sue, it would be good to get you back on as well and have a chat about that. But before we get, yeah, we let sure. you get to bed, have you got any shout-outs at all that you'd like to give to family, friends, any of the netball family, anyone at all? Okay, first shout-out goes to all of the Welsh people because I did three months over there. And, guys, best humour in the world. Gavin and Stacey, <laughs> my most favourite <laughs> show ever. Oh, great. <laughs> Hey, so that. shout out to shout out to the Welsh. Secondly, uh, shout out to anyone that's enjoying. Is there any sunshine over there? At the there moment? was there was a couple was. of days ago. There was. Yeah, it oh, might make a comeback. And, you blinked and missed it. And, yeah. No, but you, you don't understand. Over here on the news over here, they were showing stories of people out in their bikinis over there. It was news. It was news. There was sunshine. We celebrate the one week of the year. We get it, Sue. (laughs) It was like Perth on a bad day and we just got so excited. (laughs) So there's there's two shout-outs. And the other shout-out, let's just say g'day to all the netball fans. Big year. Jump on it. Let's not just sit back. Let's be proactive and make netball the best it can be. As I said, Liverpool, so exciting. How great for England coming off the back of a Commonwealth Games goal with the opportunity to cement their standing in the world 
as much as I am an Australian and I think Australia will get up, I just think it's great for world netball. So, you know, all the very best to everyone playing and everyone out there. Get out and support our great world game. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah, I feel right. like we're all friends right. now. Can we call you Gordy as well? <laughs> yeah. Is that all right? You've passed, yes, you've passed the test. Yes, thank fine. you. Right, Gordy, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us and good luck as well to you and the team at nine for the season ahead. Yeah, thanks, girls. Well done. Good job. Thank Cheers. you. Bye-bye.